0: Hey, happy new decade, current family. Isn't that crazy, 2020? Man, Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Isaiah 43. We're going to read the scripture here and then just jump right in. We're going to be looking at Isaiah 43, verses 16 through 21. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you, no worries. Isaiah 43, 16 through 21. This is what the Lord says. He who made made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses and the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Uh, You know, in some respects, the turn of the year, as far as the date goes, is is quite arbitrary. I mean, it's just, we have January 1st as the beginning of our calendar year because a Roman emperor decreed it so. Um, you know, so it's kind of arbitrary in that sense. Still, it's, it's a gift, is it not? Not only in the sense of collectively helping us be able to track uh, a time, but helping us each personally have this marker every year where we can kind of reflect back and look forward. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gift. In the same way, having a holiday like Thanksgiving helps us remember to be grateful, and not just in November. Or, or, or having Christmas helps us remember that God is with us. And by the way, not just in December, uh, having a new year helps, remember, help us, helps remind us that there are new beginnings. It's why, of course, so many of us commit to doing resolutions this time of year, uh, whether it's in the hopes of bettering our health, careers, relationships. The new year is a time to think about and even take steps towards new beginnings in our lives. Well, what we're going to celebrate today and think about today is how God is in the business of new and glorious beginnings in the lives of his people. Uh, We see that all throughout the scriptures, but we see that here in the prophet Isaiah. Here's really the key verse, which I want to read again once more for you. Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing, God said through the prophet Isaiah. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am doing a new thing. Uh, This is wonderful news to the original hearers at the time. Uh, If you know anything about this time in the life of God's people, during the years of the prophet Isaiah, these guys were in deep trouble. Uh, was about, this was recorded about 700 years before Christ, and the Babylonian Empire was breathing down their throats, getting ready to exile them. In fact, the Assyrian nation had already exiled, conquered the northern tribes of Israel, and now the southern tribes were, were seeing the writing on the wall. And you know what? God had actually been warning them that this would happen, that they would be taken into exile, Uh, because for years, in fact, centuries, God had been sending prophets to them saying, hey, guys, you got to turn back towards me. For years, for centuries, they had decided to do things on their own, live their own way apart from God, following other gods, following other idols, worshiping those, in short, living in disobedience towards God and and living selfishly towards themselves and and, uh, others. And God had been warning them that if they didn't... uh, shape up in this way, he would send a nation like the Babylonians to conquer them and take them into exile. So they were living in scary times, and yet and yet, it was even in these dire circumstances of their own making that God, through the prophet Isaiah, gave them this wonderful promise, this promise that echoes throughout the scriptures that God wasn't done with them, that they weren't cooked, uh, that all was not lost, though even what they faced was challenging, they didn't deserve it, but God was getting ready to do a new thing for his people and that's what we're going to see today and consider today that God wants to do a new thing in your life, a new and wonderful thing in your life. So let me ask you here at the top uh, how is your 2019? Did you have a good 2019 uh, did How does your 2020 look to be shaping up? Uh, God wants to do a new and wonderful thing in your life. if 2019 was a hard year for you uh, whether in your career or relationships, your health, whatever it might be, God wants to do a new and wonderful thing in your life. And if 2019 was a good year, God too wants to do a new and wonderful thing in your life. The question here Isaiah wants us to consider is, do you see it? Can you perceive it? Uh, this text invites us into this wonderful promise and shows us how we can lean into the new thing that the Lord wants to do in our lives. We're gonna be looking at three ways that that, that Isaiah here invites us into this promise of a new thing. The first one in verses 16 and 17 is we are are told to remember God's faithfulness. You wanna experience or lean into a new thing that God has for you? We need to remember God's faithfulness. Verse 16 says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Uh, This, of course, is a reference to the great exodus when God saved his people out of slavery, out of the land of Egypt. Uh, He delivered them through the mighty waters. That, of course, is a reference to the Red Sea, God working through Moses to save them. Uh, They were in scary times. Uh, They were running away from the Egyptian army and they got pinned against the Red Sea with mountain ranges on both sides of them and the Egyptian army coming fast after them with horses and chariots, and they were cooked, they were done for if God didn't show up, if he didn't intervene. In the same way that the people of Judah, the people of, uh, that Isaiah was speaking to, were cooked, were done in for if God didn't intervene. And so in the midst of God giving this wonderful promise, he beckons them, he beckons us, to remember his past faithfulness and to draw strength from it. Has God shown, how has God shown his faithfulness to you? Um, How has he shown his faithfulness to you? Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't identify as Christian. And you're like, David, this point doesn't really do much for me. Uh, Seeing God's faithfulness, I don't even follow God. How would I see his faithfulness? Or maybe you are one of the many people who have recently put your faith in Jesus here at Current. And you're thinking, oh, I haven't really been following God for all that long. So I don't have a long track record to see God's faithfulness in my life. Uh, Were you guys here for the baptisms in December? Just a couple weeks ago, and you guys come for that. Wasn't it a great day? We had the the, our our jacuzzi, our baptistry up here, and we baptized three folks. It was such a fun day. By the way, the stories, the testimonies were recorded and are put online. If you want to go, if you want to listen to them, I highly encourage you do. Uh, They are available online in the sermon section on our website, and you can just find their stories there. Um, Please do check those out because they're they're wonderful. But I I was struck as they were sharing their stories how there was this theme throughout them, and you know, there's this theme of God's faithfulness, even when a couple of them weren't following God or even identifying as followers of God at the time. Uh, one friend in particular was talking about how, uh, with no church background to speak of, came to put his faith in Jesus years later and just looks back over his life and saw that there's countless ways that God had been working in his life, how God had been faithful in His life and ultimately bringing him towards himself. And I was thinking, man, God's faithfulness is able to be seen, is able to be perceived, even when we might not recognize it. For those who have been following God for years, do you recognize and can you remember God's faithfulness in your life? If you're like me, sometimes when life is especially hard, it's easy to miss God's faithfulness. It's easy to get so absorbed in what I'm facing that I forget that God's pulled me through. He's made a way time and time again. It might not always be in the way I'd expect or think, but he's faithful. Uh, you know what especially stuck out to me as I was studying this week in preparation for today was how the prophet Isaiah was actually encouraging God's people to not only remember God's faithfulness in their lives, but to remember God's faithfulness in the lives of others. This was 700 years before Christ that Isaiah was speaking to these people, but the Red Sea incident, the one that Isaiah is saying, hey, remember happened 700 years before that even. And yet God was saying, hey, I'm the same faithful God that worked then that will now work in you. Have you ever thought of it this way? That you can see and draw strength from God's faithfulness in the work of others' lives? Have you ever thought about that? I was thinking about that this week for myself and realized that I've been doing this subconsciously for years. uh, Since we started this church, Uh, you know, when Cindy and I set out with the team to to start these things, I have subconsciously been drawing on the example of my parents all along the way. My parents started a church in Berkeley, which was much of my childhood. And so over the last few years, when there was plenty of times when I was thinking, God, how is this going to work? How is this going to make sense financially? How are you going to take care of the kids and all of this? And I remember thinking, well, you did that for my parents (laughs) when they had no clue how you're going to do that. You did it then. Who's to say you can't do it now? Have you ever drawn from the faithfulness of God in the lives of others? Isn't that an interesting thought? It's not a zero-sum game. It's not a competition. It's not like, oh man, he was faithful with those people, so man, he's used it up over there. I mean, really, we actually get to celebrate when we see or hear about God's faithfulness in the lives of others. We get to recognize that it's the same faithful God working in our lives, and that's what Isaiah is saying to draw from, man. People of God, you could draw from the Red Sea incident. Uh, he is so powerful and mighty, and He is faithful to protect and work in our lives. And the promise is He wants to do and wants to do a new thing, and you can trust that, that He wants to do a new and wonderful thing in you because He is faithful. But the question is, do you see it? Can you perceive it? Uh, the second thought is, after remembering God's faithfulness, is don't dwell on the past. Uh, remember God's faithfulness, but don't dwell on the past. We see this in verse 18. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Uh, have any of you guys watched the old cartoon uh, Winnie the Pooh? Is it, did we still watch that collectively as a society? Are we like aging out of Winnie the Pooh? I, no, no, okay, we still know that reference. Good, okay. I don't know if everybody, now it's like everybody knows collectively, uh, you know, uh, what's that new Roger, uh, uh, the tiger? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm wasting time on this. Daniel Tiger, I feel like that's more the Winnie the Pooh of our generation. Anyways, Winnie the Pooh, if you've seen it, you'll remember the character Eeyore. You guys remember Eeyore? The donkey? Okay, thank you guys, you're helping me here. Eeyore was this donkey who was always just, woe is me, life is terrible. His friends would greet him, good morning Eeyore, he's like, wish I could... Say good morning back, but mornings aren't good. You know, that kind of thing. Or, or his friends would bring just like, you know, they'd find his tail. He's always losing his tail. And he'd say, here's your tail, Eeyore. And he would be like, it's just as well. You, sh- you shouldn't have found it because I'm just going to lose it again. And, you know, that was Eeyore. Dwelling, dwelling on just how things were hard, how things were just so hard. And you know who's, who Eeyore's worst enemy was? Eeyore would have said his circumstances, how life was hard for him, Right? But his friends would have said, no, 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 no. you know who Eeyore's worst enemy is? Eeyore is his own worst enemy. He was living in a prison of his own making, just dwelling on things, letting it drag himself down, letting it drag others down. And he was missing out even the wonderful, joyful things that his friends were experiencing experiencing. It is so easy, friends, to dwell on the past and let the hard things of life Rob us of our joy or make it so it is impossible for us to perceive the new and wonderful thing God wants to do in your life. Before I was diagnosed with uh, this rare form of arthritis that I have, this autoimmune condition, I was just going to see any and any number of, of doctors. And I was living with a lot of chronic pain before I got on this medication. And there came this time where it was just getting the better of me. Like I, just, I was in so much pain all the time. If any of you have ever experienced chronic pain, you, you know how this can impact your life. But I, it was just getting me down. And everything I was focusing on was how hard life was, how much this stinks. And by the way, as we're doing a startup, like how's, are you kidding? I never would have said this like directly in my spirit, but subconsciously I was questioning God, where are you at in this? I was just dwelling. To the point, the city was even questioning at times, like, David, are you depressed? I was just down and out, just hurting. I was dwelling. And you know what's crazy? It was at the exact same time that God was actually doing some of the most wonderful things I've ever seen him do in my life or around my life. But we can so often dwell and miss out on the new and wonderful things God is inviting us into. Do not dwell on the past. What are some things that you might be dwelling on? You know, dwelling on to the point of it's just taking you out. You know, I mean, it's one thing to just kind of worry and like, you know, make plans and make corrections or whatever and, and move on. But there's, it's another thing entirely just to dwell to the point it just owns you. It owns me. Is there anything in your life that you're just struggling through, you're dwelling on to the point of it's just taking you out? Can you take that to the Lord? Even now, in prayer, is there or are there things in life that you just lead you to be, woe is me? Or maybe it's even, you know, God can't be there. His plan isn't good. You know, what's interesting is in comparison, the things that we dwell on are probably not going to be to the degree of dwelling on the things that the Israelites were dwelling on at that time. They are facing exile being conquered. That would be something I'd probably be tempted to dwell on. And yet the things that I face, I find myself dwelling on. And yet, even to them, God is, was faithfully getting ready to do a new and wonderful thing. The question was, did they have eyes to see it? Could they perceive it and embrace it? Can we? Last thought, how can we lean into this promise of a new thing? Verse 21 shows us that we need to find ways to proclaim his praise. God was going to make a way, he was going to provide for them that that, that they, his people, may proclaim my praise. He said we need to find ways to proclaim his praise. If you've ever read through the book of Psalms, you know the, the King David who wrote many of the Psalms was all over the map emotionally. In a good way. It's nice to experience emotions and work through and see how a strong follower of God worked out their emotions before him. But all over these psalms, you have, you have David saying at many times, this ancient king, God, are you going to show up? I'm in trouble. People are trying to kill me, which to an ancient king was literally true. People were literally trying to kill him. He's like, are you going to show up? You read the next psalm and it would be like, God, where are you? I'm going to wait on you, but how is this going to work out? And then you read a couple psalms later, and David's like, and God, you delivered me. Thank you for delivering me. I give you praise. He was finding ways to praise God, not only when he was delivered, but when you look back at those first few psalms that I referenced, the ones where he's like, God, how are you going to show up? He was also praising God throughout those. How are you going to show up? Yet I will say, you are my rock, you are my salvation. I will praise you. I will wait on you. The bottom line in all of this, whether we're King David, whether we're the Israelites having Isaiah speak to us, or whether we're sitting here at current today, is that we don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve God's goodness in our lives. We don't deserve his faithfulness. We don't deserve him doing a new and wonderful thing in our lives, and yet he does. Why? Because he loves us, and for his glory. It's for his glory because we get to see his mercy, We get to see his grace. God wants to do a new and wonderful thing in your life because he's gracious. And so what's your part? What's my part in this when we don't deserve him being faithful in our lives or doing a new and wonderful thing? It's to proclaim his praise. It's to find ways to say thank you, Lord, even in the midst of trials, saying things like thank you, Father. We don't deserve your care, your love, but all we can do is just praise you and say thank you. And in this way, we can lean into and even embrace the new thing, That God is doing in our lives you know up to this point the thrust of this message has been focusing on needing to remember God's faithfulness uh, not dwelling on the past finding ways to proclaim him in the midst of hardship and I believe that's what the text is showing us here the Israelites were facing some hard things but I believe these things are also true even when we are experiencing good things Even when we are experiencing good things, we need to remember God's faithfulness. We need to not dwell, and we need to find ways to proclaim his praise. Because the promise here, and throughout the scriptures, down to the gospel of Jesus Christ, is God wants to do a new and wonderful thing in his people, no matter what, whether it's in hard circumstances or good. And the question is, can you see it? Can you perceive it? Even now, it springs up. Friends, this is a very exciting time in the life of the church Uh, God has been doing some wonderful things here at Current that we just give Him praise for. We're so thankful for that we're getting ready to see, we believe, a new thing that God's going to do here at Current. With all that He's been doing here in the auditorium, including today, and all that He's been doing back there in the kids' rooms, on February 9th, we're planning to launch our second service, which we're so thankful for. We give God praise. Yeah, hey. (laughs) February 9th, we're launching... I mean, you look around us today, I've been having conversations with plenty of you after service. When are we going to do second service already? Uh, God has been so good to us. You know, for instance, this last year we were telling the, the team at our volunteer appreciation party, this last year, 25 adults alone made first time faith decisions to follow Jesus. That we've been, yeah, let's give a hand for that. We've been averaging on non-holidays, uh, 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 Sundays, over 200 in here. The kids' space is literally busting at the seams. The kids, volunteers, those of you guys who are joining us today, you guys are awesome. You don't get to see what's going on back there. They do a wonderful job of using essentially, not really, duct tape to keep that thing going. We've got these rooms that we've got split down the middle so that we, the, the rooms are growing. The, the kids are just, the, 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 we're literally busting at the seams. Uh, I was just wonderful what God's doing. If you had asked me three years ago, uh, if, if you had told me three years ago any of what I just shared with you uh, was going to happen, I, I don't know if I would have believed you. But God is faithful. God's doing a wonderful thing. And so what we're getting ready to do on February 9th is launch a second service, which we're really excited about, in order to make room. That's really the vision behind this. Is we want to make room to continue to see God working in the ways that he's working. And so we're going to make room, uh, hopefully, for, for friends, neighbors, and coworkers of us of us here. It also means uh, we're going to be making room for you to join the team. If you're not on a team, we'd love to have you on a team. Uh, we can't pull off this multiplication effort without you. And so if you call Current your home, there are wonderful opportunities to join a team and serve and be a part of what God is doing. We're encouraging all those who call Current. Uh, current home to serve one, attend one, that's what we're talking about. You know, one of the things I'm most excited about and I have been most excited about, the kids' teams know this because I've shared this with you a couple times, Uh, from the beginning, why I was most excited to get to two services. I mean, you know, other than the fact of, oh, hey, it's fun that, you know, we're growing, that sort of thing, the thing I've been most excited about is the fact that the kids' team can now also attend service. I am so excited for that. Yeah, audible amen. I mean, that's really exciting. Can we just give the kids' teams a hand? You guys collectively have been faithfully serving for three years back there doing this. And so we just say thank you. And by the way, can you take that back to the folks who are back there serving today? We love you guys. We are, we're just so thankful, and it's so exciting what God's, what God's doing. I'm also excited because we're a set-up and tear-down in this 21st century expensive Silicon Valley area, which means we can use this stuff twice in a given day, which is exciting. Efficiency. We're all about efficiency in Silicon Valley. God is doing a new and wonderful thing, and I want to invite you into three ways that you can be a part of this. Three ways. One, uh, it's to pray. You know, even, even good and exciting transitions in any organization, including churches, can be challenging, So I just invite you to pray for the church as we transition, as we multiply. Would you pray for protection? Would you pray for unity? Would you pray for the Lord's uh, provision and, and blessing and favor in the midst of it? Second, uh, there's an invitation here to serve, as I already mentioned. Would you consider learning more about a team or two? Again, Cindy highlighted this earlier, but you have the connection card that you can just say, hey, I'd love to learn more about serving on a team. And by the way, as you do that, you are not signing yourself up in permanent ink. Okay? We're not going to come and say, you signed up. No, 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 we're just going to get you information, and you, you can make your decision. We're not trying to strong arm anybody here, um, but it would be, it'd be fun to get you more information. Please consider that. You can make a note of that. And then the third way that you can be a part of this is to bring. Uh, February 9th, we're praying, it's going to be a very uh, momentous day in the life of current. And so we're essentially going to be throwing a party and it'd be a, it would be fun to celebrate with as many folks that would be excited to join us that day. So would you prayerfully consider inviting a friend or two to join us on that day? So praying, serving, and bringing uh, someone are, are all the, uh, three ways that you, you'd be a part of this. Um, and then also just kind of as a, as a side note, we're going to be sending out a survey this week through our weekly email. Uh, with the service times. And if you could just uh, help us by filling that out and letting us know which service you plan to attend, or if you're flexible in terms of what, which one you attend, uh, that'll help us uh, plan for such things. But, but God is doing a new thing. Uh, he is so faithful. But you know what, friends? Even as a church family, as we celebrate these things, we don't want to even dwell on that. We want to give God praise, but we want to look forward to what he is going to do prayerfully and in faith, being expectant that the best is yet to come. Uh, See, I am doing a new thing, the Lord says. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? And then he goes on to say, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of you are in the middle of a wilderness. Some of you are in the middle of a wasteland, and God wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants to make a way. It might not be in the way you would script it, but it's new and it's wonderful. This, after all, is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, not only here in Isaiah, but all throughout the scriptures, perhaps most uh, uh, well articulated in 2 Corinthians when the Apostle Paul wrote it this way. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. That is to say, in Jesus, God is making all things new because on the cross, he died for your sins and mine. That when we put our faith in him, we can have life in his name. Forgiveness of sins and a reconciled relationship with God. He is making all things new. And because of what he did for us on the cross, it means we can trust his faithfulness. If he can do that and will do that, he can and will do anything uh, according to his good pleasure. And it means that we can not dwell on the hard things, but look to understand that in Christ all things are being made new. God is in the business of taking the old. And the broken and making them new and whole. And so, if you're in a wilderness, if you're in a wasteland, can you perceive that God wants to do a new thing in your life? Can you see it? Verse 21 that we may proclaim his praise. Uh, We don't deserve this. Uh, we We don't deserve this, but he wants to do a new thing. Friends, it's my hope and prayer that in 2020, it would be a start of a year, start of a decade that you individually as families and as a church family, that you, that we would be able to see and perceive that God wants to do a new thing in our midst. Uh, there will be challenges. There will be hard, hard things that come our way. But the best is yet to come. God is doing a new wonderful thing for his glory. We can trust him as he wants us to be a part of it. Let's pray. Father, it really is an amazing promise that you want to do new things in our lives. Father, the fact that you even care about us, you think about us, is just mind-boggling enough. And yet you also want to do new and wonderful things in us and through us when we don't deserve it. I, I can't think of anything better than that. Greater news than that. Father, at the start of this year, at the start of this decade, we we start by saying we don't deserve you. We don't deserve your care, your love. But because of who you are, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, we give you praise. We proclaim your praise. And Father, would you use us and would you work in us and through us to extend your love to people around us. We need your help even in these things. Father, as we come now to the Lord's table, what a great way to start this year, to remember your body broken for us, your blood spent. We commit this time and ourselves to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.